Hey everyone and welcome to episode 22 of the Audience Police podcast with me, your host Adam. So just before we dive into the main part of the podcast, just wanted to say thanks to everyone that's checked out the cover video we put together of Ruben's Freddy Krueger. Big shout out to my friend Rob who mixed the track and put the video together and actually stars in it this time as well. Uh, And of course, thanks to all the musicians involved so uh, Candy and Sam from Lazybones, Sanjay from St. Pierre Snake Invasion, Mel from Brasher, and, oh God, I'm missing someone. Oh, Matt from Haggard Cat, of course, of course it is. <laughs> so if you haven't checked that out, head over to the Audience Please YouTube channel. I'll put a link uh, in the socials for this episode. And uh, we also did a cover of Future Left Mancasm, so if you haven't checked that out either, please do and go and subscribe and please also whilst whilst you're at it go and subscribe and follow on all the platforms instagram twitter facebook spotify apple Podcasts, whatever you're listening on and go give us a like and a comment and a review and all that good stuff so we can get to a wider audience um and just another thing thanks to those who've picked up an audience please t-shirt um there was Bandcamp friday last friday as I record this, um, sold a couple more, which is brilliant, but I've still got seven or eight left. So I've knocked them down to eight quid and I'd love to get shot of them. Um, so please pick them up and get them off my hands so they don't gather any more dust. I've got a couple of extra large, a couple of large and a ton of small. So any of my uh, smaller listeners out there, please go and pick one up and take them off my hands. Um, so back to the episode, I spoke to Linz and Tom of Leeds-based band Magic Mountain. So you might know Tom better for his other band, Pulled Apart by Horses, who are, are a band that I have loved for many a year. But we talk around Tom and Linz, uh, not so new band, but they've got their debut album coming out uh, under the Magic, M- Magic Mountain moniker. That was a, a mouthful. Um, so we talk about that, shows the legendary Broodnell, and of course, because they're where they're from, we talk about Yorkshire tea. So uh, enjoy the episode, guys, and I will catch you next time. Boy. busy self-releasing an album so that's good yeah yeah exciting time so yeah how have you been keeping yourselves busy other than music during lockdown well i've basically ended up setting myself loads of ridiculous goals of doing album artwork and single artwork (laughs) so that's kept me like basically locked into photoshop for hours on end yeah nice Who, who have you been doing artwork for then uh, just for Magic Mountain and then yeah, other random stuff, a little bit of work here and there, but nothing major, really. Yeah, I've been, I've yeah. still been working a lot um, for, for the most part. Um, 
I work for a organization called Music Leads and we do like emerging artist support and sharing opportunities and stuff like that. So that's been really nice actually, because even though it's obviously all been on Zoom and all that stuff, it's been uh, nice to stay a bit connected with people. And it's sort of, it's sort of meant I've kept quite up to date with what's going on with the industry and government change mm. and all that stuff. So that's been quite helpful, actually. Yeah, you've been figuring out like how to do live streaming yeah. sessions and all yeah, that yeah. stuff. Yeah, just evolving as we go, basically. Um, yeah, yeah. Then- I, I think, yeah, I think that. Sorry, just on that point, it's like that's a big conversation. I think everyone's had about trying to work out what you can do during these times with music and like obviously live streaming's a, a big one so it's kind of like adapt and evolve in these times yeah yeah totally and it's not something that we've done actually we haven't we haven't broached the live the live stream <laughs> world yet but maybe that's to come <laughs> we've kind of just been very focused on like artwork and videos and yeah just getting stuff out really yeah yeah, nice one. So yeah, well, well, let's move on to the the new album that you've got coming out, which is really exciting. Um, so I suppose for a lot of people, obviously they'll, they'll know Tom, you from Pulled Apart by Horses. So I just wanted to know, obviously, what was the inspiration for you to deciding to create Magic Mountain? And then I suppose for, for you, Tom, as well, from a writing perspective, how's that been for you sort of, almost taking your pulled apart by horse's hat off and putting your magic mountain hat on. Um, and I suppose, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like trying hat. to separate. Well, yeah, yeah. Well, I've kind of yeah. passed them into it, to be honest. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Lindsay's fault. <laughs> yeah, and I was I, I was going to ask you, Linz, as well, because obviously you're you're known as more of a session musician, I, I suppose. Yeah. Like you've, you've been with like Blood Red Shoes before and you've done other things as well. So how's that been for you, like being more at the forefront of a band? Yeah, it's it's been it's been a good thing actually. I think um, so. We sort of sort of started doing stuff together maybe like four years ago, and roped in drummer Nesta as well. Who me and him played together in Skylarkin many moons ago. Um, yeah. And I'd not played because I had been doing session stuff, but I'd um, been playing with Grammatics, playing cello for them, and then doing quite a lot of like more cello based live stuff with other bands like Lone Wolf, Sam Airy, that sort of thing. Um, and was just kind of desperate to get back to guitar but I'd found like playing guitar for other bands quite difficult I think I I didn't enjoy it as like I really love playing bass and cello for other bands but guitar wise especially when you've got to like mimic someone's style a little bit yeah Yeah. kind of hard really yeah like not not hard like technically necessarily but just creatively and then I just sort of felt very yeah really driven to to get into just playing some more guitar based stuff basically you wanted some fucking riffs I wanted some fucking riffs (laughs) I mean every everyone everyone wants more riffs so I don't blame you you can't really put a cello a cello through a big muff pedal can you you (laughs) I mean I mean you could Yeah. I've seen. Uh, have you heard that? Uh, there's a band called Pine, and they play live um, with a violinist, and she plays through a pedal, and yeah, it sounds oh, meaty really? as yeah, yeah, it sounds meaty as fuck, basically. Amazing, but yeah, like I think because we yeah we started doing like I started writing uh, first really, but then I've not been a like a songwriter in that sense of like I've you know, created an entire song and done the lyrics and done all that kind of thing. And very much more from a guitarist point of view rather than like a a songwriter as such. So 
I think, you know, I was trying to figure out like who to do it with. And Tom was actually really busy with Pulled About the Horses around that time. And I was like, oh, do I like hang around? <laughs> what do I do? And and then I was just like, but you know, we we obviously as a couple, because we're, you know, very comfortable like being around each other and working together and stuff like that. I was just like, it felt important to just like bide my time a little bit and then essentially <laughs> rope, rope Tom in. <laughs> rope Tom in or split up with him. It's yeah, like, yeah. Tom, 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 can you uh, make my dream come true yeah, or fuck off? Yeah, giving me the ultimatum. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Or I'm going to make all your dreams come true. So, like, yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, so I guess then we started bouncing stuff off each other a bit more and and you know sort of I worked on like vocal harmonies and and melodies and stuff but Tom's obviously got loads of experience with writing uh, lyrically and you've got much more of an interest in that than I do I guess so we started yeah just kind of I guess it's not a concept band or anything but kind of building a bit of a world of what Magic Mountain what we wanted Magic Mountain to be in terms of like themes and telling stories about ancient worlds and like all of this kind of thing and then you just you just started to run with it a bit didn't you? I think yeah for me as well it, there was like um it was before we started doing the haze with horses the last album yeah just before we started doing that and um Tommy had joined after Lee had left and we were like playing playing loads of festivals and stuff and it was cool because we were just getting to know each other as a band sort of thing like different dynamic different person in the band but we hadn't properly like dipped our toe in terms of like writing songs and stuff yeah and um a lot had changed since doing blood like musically for me stuff that i was listening to and whatever <clears throat> and i think like lynn sort of like showing me some riffs and stuff that she had ideas for for like magic mountain stuff and then saying like can you help me make these into songs and whatever sort of inspired like the next horses stuff because i was like you know like the the well was a bit dry i was just like (laughs) yeah i was just like what the fuck do i do and then it was actually really freeing like lynn's coming to me with a bunch of ideas already rather than me trying to think of stuff out of blue and then go like help me make these into something and then that sort of got like the ball rolling with like the next horses album because i'd sort of already started figuring out stuff and whatever so yeah kind of side by side it kind of like gave me a bit of a kick up the arse to like do something different creatively really yeah. i guess yeah you can definitely um it's funny enough i was gonna say that because this afternoon i thought i'd stick some horses on and obviously stick on sort of the magic mountain stuff that you've released and now that you say it as well you can definitely hear those ideas come across in like the last horses record yeah i mean you guys have never stuck to the same every horses record sounds like a horses record but um you can definitely hear it evolving um and definitely obviously with um magic mountain there is a more specific sound to it it's very uh well, I was, when I was writing my notes, I was like writing like other bands, so like the OCs, King Gizzard, that, that kind of thing. It's got that more sort of rock and rolly, yeah. psychedelic sound to it. Um, and yeah, like I said, you can definitely hear that in the Last Horses record. So it's interesting that you've said you were talking about doing more Magic Mountain stuff before that Horses record. And it gave you a kick up the arse, basically. Yeah, and I guess like um, 
before doing the haze as well was when I'd properly got into, like you said, the OCs, Kingies, Thai Seagull, and all that sort of scene was really exciting to me. And like, mm. like with like the horses stuff before, like you said, like every album we'd kind of change it up, or like we'd be obsessed with another sort of scene of bands or whatever. And then, yeah, I think that kind of opened the door to like trying something else out, really, something different. Yeah, awesome. But then so, making a conscious effort for it to not sound the same as well. Like we don't, I mean, there's going to be some similarities because it's like guitar music, can it? Yeah, but like, yeah, of course. I've made a conscious effort to like, it, like the way I sing or like even, yeah, well, even just playing the bass. Well, we, ma we made that different. decision kind of very early on with Magic Mountain, not just about you playing bass and me doing guitar and it not being a four piece, you know, so not being like Tom plays guitar, we'll get another bassist in, but actually to create that difference and also like that, a different um, balance on stage and stuff like that, but also with the vocals to actively make a choice for Tom to be doing some of the higher melodies and and because my voice is quite naturally like a bit of a, a lower female voice, I guess. Like, yeah. yeah. Yeah, to kind of obviously like like we say, we were really getting into like OCs and King Gizzard and stuff, and like listening to those kind of harmonies, and to actively choose for Tom to be doing generally the higher stuff, so that it it sounds very different to horses in that respect, because obviously your voice is very distinctive. What yeah. Horses, yeah. And when the, I'm yelling me head off. Yeah, the, the <laughs> loud bit of it. Yeah. But yeah, you're you're definitely right. It sonically, it sounds completely different um which is great because you never want somebody who's in two bands especially when you've been in quite an established band just to be regurgitating the the same old thing but just in a different form essentially so yeah. um but just to move on to the I, I mean we touched on the artwork and yeah I've been loving the artwork you guys have been putting out and like the little animations so going back to sort of like the themes of the music and and you kind of touched on it before what were the big inspirations behind Magic Mountain and creating this world, like you were saying, Linz, this this world that you wanted to create? I mean, it's definitely evolved. I don't think we like fully set out and we're like, we're going to do this, we're going to do this, we're going to do this. But just mm. in a bit of a, I don't know, let's just do, let's use it as a bit of an escapism and let's do stuff that we find interesting, funny, like, you know, not necessarily political, like not going down that route and just being like, let's tell stories that we find interesting. And, and again, like, you know, it's, it's, it's stuff that I love, but especially like, <laughs> Tom's nerding out over like ancient aliens and stuff till two in the morning when I, <laughs> I was like, just go for it. You know, if you're, you're more deliberate. obviously I'm like approving stuff. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Not, not letting me go too far. Conspiracy theory. Yeah. We're not getting any like backwards rewinding records that are like, you know. Oh, I, I mean, <laughs> I mean, that would be cool as well, but. <laughs> Maybe we will at some point. <laughs> no, I think the only thing that we've got is you hearing hearing us like step on off the pedals at the end of a couple of the tracks, mm -hmm. which is pretty good. Like because we did most of it live, you'll just hear those little bits where it's like a song will finish and then you just hear like <laughs> like this weird noise <laughs> in the background. <laughs> yeah, so I guess yeah, I guess it's about like. Yeah, choosing those themes a little bit, but because we wrote over such, we've, you know, we've kind of done that thing like a lot of bands do with the first album where we've 
we've we've gone a bit more old school in terms of like now we're seeing a lot of newer bands that are just releasing a track and then they'll release another track and it goes to another track and then it's an EP where we've just kind of gone we released a couple of songs over a couple of years and then because we've obviously got like other bands and other projects and work and stuff we've just kind of done it in our own time and taken our time with it so when we've when we have gotten a song and it's like every I don't know every month every couple of months that we've written a new song and it'll just be like the flavor of that moment a little bit like one was oh, cool. yeah. really inspired by when we watched Interstellar and we just were like <laughs> getting trapped behind a book like, <laughs> well, <there> <laughs> yeah what, what, oh no that the, was a bit where right. we were doing the uh, the demo for it and over one of the like Riff out bit, so I just went McConaughey. <laughs> <laughs> like Linz wouldn't let me leave that bit. I got a bit too. <laughs> yeah. Oh, there should be. Uh, you should get some like outtakes from uh, from the recordings. I'd love to. I'd love yeah, to hear there, that. There was one where uh, on Infinity, the, it's a bit of a tongue twister, and one of the lyrics was <laughs> me- melting faces. <laughs> melting places and like Linz went to sing the vocal because we recorded all the vocals ourselves and she said melting places there was like a massive gap for ages and Linz just went melting places I think we got it on video as well yeah oh my god that's that's brilliant we'll find yeah yeah send it over to me it's like looking behind the curtain yeah it's like um it's like when uh, when we did the last cover video for the podcast and did the Ruben cover, oh, yeah. um, Candy and Matt from Haggard Cat, because they met up and did their bit of the video, Candy was like, I've got about five minutes of outtakes. Do you want me to send them to you? I was like, yes, please. Yeah. And it was like fucking perfect. Just watch it on my own. But <laughs> um, <laughs> cool. Just before we get on to the, the last bit of the uh, podcast about uh, favorite gigs and everything, I wanted to talk a bit around, uh, a bit around Help Musicians Charity and how you guys yeah. got involved with that, spe- specifically you, Linz, because um, it's a charity that I've heard about before, but just wanted someone from a band to talk about their experience and mm. how that came across and how they've um, supported you guys. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, so I guess like, you know, I've got quite a lot of experience in my work work life rather than music life of doing quite a lot of like project management and project coordinating and obviously working with music leads. and But also I've done some installation work before and some sort of soundtracks for like immersive experiences or theatre pieces and things. Um, so I've kind of been involved in like arts council funded projects and other things as well. And I guess when we were when we were starting to think about how we went about recording, especially we were like, we basically just set out to be like, we want to own all the rights to our music and we want to come out of this not in debt. So that's yeah. like always been the goal. And and so I was like, right, well, we need to find some ways of yeah, getting some support and I still haven't done that yet no. until this album. <laughs> it's a hard thing it's to just do. Just like your album's released and you're like, oh fuck. It's a hard thing. <laughs> it's a really hard thing. We've to spent do. we've spent it on fucking a recreation of Stonehenge. <laughs> <laughs> and renting Interstellar. Oh uh, yeah. Oh uh, maybe we shouldn't have brought those fucking jetpacks. <laughs> <laughs> that wasn't in the budget Tom yeah. Wasn't the budget. um yeah so I yeah I guess I heard of I can't remember how I heard about help musicians actually because they they're notoriously not 
amazing amazing at shouting about what they're doing like what well, they're doing is amazing but actually getting the message out and saying we're here we can help you is like quite well they're getting better at it but um I'd come across it I think and applied and then actually didn't get it the first time and applied again um and basically was just like let's just try and put in for a pot of funding and, and they for this one it's called they've got and it's like an up to three grand pot of money to go towards whatever you choose so it could be a tour it could be for us it was mixing mastering some of the vinyl production yeah you, um, you kind of done like a rough a budget bit. for it because we'd like we'd sort of made the um decision that we were gonna self-release anyway so yeah we were just like yeah. we just built up a bit of a plan of how to do it and split things up really, yeah exactly but what's good what also is good about it is they do business advice sessions with that so like i had oh, i nice. had one session with um a woman called jesse about like about online marketing and stuff like that and then we had another uh, business advice session which was really helpful as well wasn't it and that was a bit more about like sort of legal things and contracts i mean we, we haven't really used that yet because we've not we're not working with a label or anything at the moment but basically and also they did uh, we did a session that was like a wellness training thing which was basically to do with like it was really interesting it was like to do with um, getting the band to like it's almost like a mini therapy session but it was, it was <laughs> it good was weird. oh man we should totally do it with horses i was gonna say we, 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 were, we, we were kind of all right <laughs> yeah yeah, I was, I was going to say, do they give advice on not eating too many sausage rolls on a tour and uh, how many beers you should drink a night? Actually, and... what's what we're talking about that bit? Yeah, we? We were, well, we were definitely talking about touring and, and live and stuff, because obviously, yeah. I'm a fucking season pro, man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so am I. I'm Yeah, well, this is a like season pro at being Oh, at being crap. Idiot. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I was going to say, every time I've seen you on tour, we're in a pub till 3am, like we were at the Lexington after you last played. Oh, shit, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we still do that, but I think we're slightly more sensible at Magic Mountain, aren't we? Maybe, yeah. maybe a little bit. Well, we haven't, we haven't, we haven't done really a tour yet, so wait and see. Yeah, yeah. yeah, wait and see. Well, that's the other thing, isn't it, that we're not getting to tour with the record, but it'll happen at some point, it's fine. But yeah, anyway, it's been it's been really, really useful to have that and to and to also just be totally in control like to be in control of mm. what we're doing how we're managing it how we're paying for it how we're doing the artwork like we've and between the three of us like our different skills with with me managing that and tom doing artwork nesta's <clears throat> done copies like a copywriter as well sometimes so oh, wow. quite a lot of the written stuff for, like our website and things and it's been it's been like a lot of work, a lot of work. it's also been really rewarding because I don't know, with like horses, you know, we've done four albums released with different people, different teams of people, different management, blah, blah, blah. Like there's so many people around that sometimes yeah. stuff either gets lost in translation or you don't even fucking realize how much work's gone into stuff. Mm. Um, mm, definitely. So it's kind of like every little bit that we get that's like decent with like the magic mountain stuff we feel like we've actually like earned it because really yeah. we've you know put the hard work in sort of thing and it also also demystifying the music industry a bit because like you were saying about like the help musicians thing you were like what is it because i've seen it around mm -hmm. but yeah it's the same thing with the whole music industry like no one you don't fucking know how it all works really and then <laughs> 
people aren't that transparent <clears throat> with stuff though and we're even still finding that now after all this time between us of having different experiences and stuff and like work and we're working a bit with the music leads team to like you know help with like figuring out how <clears throat> do you release your music on spotify how do you do this kind of thing and and yeah but there's just not that many people that are really transparent about how it all works so you still yeah. still having to like figure stuff but out think, as people one thing i've always liked in like the bands that I've been in or been around and stuff is that like I don't know there's kind of like a collective openness and everyone kind of helps each other out a little bit um totally maybe it's because it's not all like massive bands it's all kind of like either DIY or like maybe a bit bigger than DIY but people have like kind of worked to get to that point or whatever mm. But yeah, it's just, I mean, it happens a lot in Leeds as well. Like the Leeds seems really supportive and everyone kind of like helps each other out a bit, which is really cool. Mm. But we've found yeah. other bands as well, like in similar circles, like rather than like being competitive, it's like just help each other out. Or, yeah. 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 And then, yeah. you know, like being, Share the wealth. being someone that goes through it, you know, like people are starting to ask me, I've sent other artists and leads like uh, application. I'm just like, yeah, just look at my application. If it's helpful for you to try and get that funding, then go for it. And with the, with the work I do with music leads, like we've got a little, in case anyone's interested, we've got um, Instagrams called Launchpad Music. And I've been doing some um, Instagram live chats with other artists that have got stuff like help musicians and ask them these questions, like how yeah. do you find the process, how it helped you? And that's, because it's really- That's you, one you thing that's that been conversation. quite cool with yeah. the lockdown thing. Like, did you see the ones that John were doing? Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah exactly. Yeah. And then there was, I think, James from Crows did a couple, didn't he? He did a load, yeah. Yeah, like all that stuff's really cool because it's like, it's just like a chat between, you know, two musicians or whatever, but you you learn fucking loads because they're laid back and just like discussing what they've done or it's like bands asking bands questions rather than, I don't know, yeah. there being like a divide or... yeah. Yeah, exactly. And going, uh, funny enough, you mentioned John. I wanted to say that, like, they're another band that obviously we both know, and they've very much done everything on their own terms. So going back to like yeah. you guys being in control of everything, I know John Newton from the off has pretty much done everything um, yeah. in regards to like the business side, the booking. Um, it's only until recently that they've got more people involved, just because yeah. they're doing more stuff. But yeah. um, like you were saying, it does. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. We're good. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, because um, we met Johnny when we were in London. Was it beginning of the February, year? February, maybe. And he was like, "Oh, just speak to John. Like he's on it." And then he ended up like sending us like a, a document over with like loads of like notes and ideas and places they've spoken to and whatever. And it was like dead helpful, really. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And it, yeah, you just need that. Like you say, you just need those conversations with people because again, I've, I think we've all probably seen it at some point. You see people chuck money at stuff and they don't necessarily see where that money goes. It kind of just goes into a big black hole and yeah, you're like, well, yeah. what did you actually, what, what did you actually get out of that? So yeah, it's cool that you're, you're taking Magic Mountain down sort of like that self-managed route i suppose yeah. yeah and i guess we'll see what happens because you know we have realized 
obviously how much work it is and even just all the like fiddly digital things and and creating loads of different urls and all this kind of stuff that goes with doing all the digital platforms it's fucking boring. there's just loads <laughs> yeah, it's boring there's loads of stuff that you've got to do behind the scenes and i'm just like oh i kind of get why there's these like jobs that i thought didn't mean anything that are like online marketer type yeah platform you know all these kind of things that you just like oh, oh right yeah it's actually really boring and i want to be playing music not doing that <laughs> so, <laughs> I'm, I'm the same yeah i'm the same like even just doing redoing the artwork for each podcast episode it takes me like 20 minutes but it's the fact that i've got to do it it's like the most tedious boring thing yeah, it's yeah. just like i just wish i could pay someone to do well I pay someone to like edit the edit the podcast because I'm like I just can't be bothered to listen through it again and <laughs> have to do all the audio editing. Yeah, sifting through so. <laughs> yeah, cool. Thanks for thanks for that, guys. That was uh, yeah. I'm really glad we chatted about help musicians and like you said, I don't think they um, I don't think they shout enough about what they do. So it's really good to hear someone talk about them. Yeah. So. Moving on to the the my favourite part of the podcast, uh, talk around like the top gigs you've played and the top gigs you've been to. And I know just before we started recording, you you guys have got a long list, so this will be interesting. I'm just going to pick so, up. like a fucking ancient <laughs> scroll. <laughs> oh my god! So for for everyone that's listening, uh, Lynn's just showed uh, a list of about thirty things. So this could be interesting. Um, so let's. <laughs> yeah so let's start with the top three gigs played um and either of you can go first shoot i think because we both said this one straight away was when we i think it might have been our second show when we supported meat bodies at the brood nice and i mean meat bodies are one of our favorite bands and you know some of those tracks have inspired us or me and our, the writing and stuff and like yeah i think i think we played one gig at the end of something like end of 2016 and then we just didn't play again because we were focused on writing and stuff and then we played it was like july the next year so it'd been quite a big gap and yeah. we were just like yeah and i think i just messaged nafe because like obviously we're we know nafe and we play we've played there so many times in various different bands and nafe, he's nafe, been really encouraging actually nafe kind of bullied us into playing gigs yeah it's like so when you when you go to play gigs then <laughs> it's like i've heard your fucking demos sound they sound great <laughs> then you're playing at the brood nail and we're just like uh all right yeah, okay so then I just <laughs> like, uh, meet buddies question mark and then uh yeah put us on oh. the fence and it was amazing yeah, i mean it was, it was it was it was great for us because it was like fun it sounded great there was a nice amount of people there and people seemed to dig it but then actually just like clearing stuff off stage and then getting to watch one of your favorite bands after you've played is amazing yeah. and also i got to watch and play my guitar because um chad the playing guy he broke straight like his bottom string halfway through the set and then he just kind of was like anybody got a uh, guitar and Tom was just stood in the crowd just elbowing and I was like oh yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> and, and, and he was playing like, playing an, SG, like, like an old SG as well so yeah. it was like oh. he, he was like if anyone could have passed me a spare guitar out of the crowd randomly it would have been this one it was like it feels amazing man yeah so we were just oh like oh my god afterwards it was great so. and then was like i'm never gonna i'm never gonna clean it again and then touched it and <laughs> soaking in sweat and she was like i'm gonna clean it i'd put the strap in the wash <laughs> oh <laughs> so it's sweating Ming in. But yeah that was that was a really good one um, cool what else did we have on 
Um, one was one that was like at the Brudenell again, but it was quite, quite special. <laughs> was a, a band called Super Luxury. It yeah. was like their last show, but they did like an all day at the Brood. And we ended up like playing on the floor, which is like quite a cool experience. It's like nice. It's like being in a scene from like Street Fighter. You're just playing. The, <laughs> there's a there's a two D crowd around you pumping their fists at you, <laughs> and a chicken fighting. It was so weird. Um, but but whilst this was going on, there was a hot dog eating competition on the actual stage behind us. <laughs> What? That's insane. Is that, um, which room was that in? The right room or the, the left room? The left no, one, the main room. Yeah. Oh, God. Yeah, so, 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 we were, so was, that not, was that not really distracting? Like it was, Everything was just chaos because we hadn't even practised for it. <laughs> so we were just like, fuck, am I even going to remember the songs? So that was intense. <laughs> we were like eye level with loads of other people just staring at us. And then if you look behind you, there's people panicking and choking on crumbs stuffing hot dogs <laughs> down their face. But it just descended into even more chaos, didn't it? Because it's like when Super Luxury played, didn't didn't Adam Nodwell, the singer, get the get a uh, step ladder out and was like, oh yeah, crowd surfing on a step and ladder. He, and he was like, wearing all of the band's merch, <laughs> and, and oh yeah, and he kept t- taking each T-shirt off and just throwing it into the crowd, <laughs> and people were catching it. And then he ended up squirting the mustard from the uh, hot dog eating competition on his top <laughs> and, and threw a dollar sign in mustard on his T-shirt. Oh, so, my yeah, God. That was, that was fun. Yeah, I know Nessa really enjoyed that one, didn't he, as well? Um, oh. What was the third one? Well, I kind of think maybe the Todmorden one, because it was a bit uh, yeah, different. With frauds. You, you've had them on the oh, show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Frauds, are, frauds are good mates, yeah. Yeah, we played, we played with them at an amazing club called the Golden Lion in a place called Todmorden, which is kind okay. of near Hebden Bridge in the north. I don't know if people know, know of Hebden Bridge. I'm, I'm, I'm way too southern to know um, where that is. Yeah. <laughs> it's quite a famous sort of uh, northern hippie town. Like loads of hippies descended on Hebden Bridge in the 70s. And then it's sort of been, it's quite a like free, very lefty sort of like place. Although they eat babies. I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> Is that just that is that that is that is going to be the promo clip for this episode (laughs) of the podcast. They eat babies. Fifty percent of the north eat babies. (laughs) I I didn't know that. Like like I said, I'm such a southerner. I've only crossed the Watford Gap about five times. Yeah, so uh... so watch out for that. Yeah, the Golden Lion was ace, wasn't it? Yeah, really good. So we were. Yeah, so that's really near Hebden Bridge and that sort of area and. Um, mate, well, Jack, who was uh, who's teched and driven tour managing stuff for you, Jack Morphers. Toker, yeah, uh, good guy, and he was putting on some gigs there and put frauds on and asked us to play. And it's just, it's like a, it's just like a proper northern pub with loads of locals, but then people travel to it a bit as well. And the people that own it are just so lovely, and we got like fed amazing. T- High food, yeah, yeah. given loads of booze, just like just like a really fun night, and yeah, and obviously it was nice. like the first time a lot of people had seen us or heard of us and anything like that, and just yeah, those people came then, to us afterwards, being like, "That was amazing." Yeah, and then just <laughs> hung out with the frauds guys yeah. who I don't think we'd met them before, but yeah, it's a total blast. Yeah, good really night. Fun. Yeah, yeah, they're they're good eggs that lot. So uh, yeah, always a party with those guys for sure. Yeah. I know, but we had to drive back to Leeds. We were gutted because we wanted to stay, but I think 
have we had to do something the next day or yeah, something? Yeah, I don't know, but yeah, we ended up coming back, didn't we? But yeah. yeah, it was it was fun stuff. I think I had a few beers in the car back. <laughs> yeah, probably. <laughs> a little vampire. Wasn't, wasn't driving. Yeah, it was just yeah. There. I, but, I love I, I love that luxury. I remember coming back from Manchester when uh, the John guys played with um, McCluskey, and right. me and Johnny, we, me and Johnny, were just getting wasted in the back of the van. Whilst, uh, <laughs> and obviously John doesn't drink now, so the poor van driver had to deal with me and Johnny just being round me in the back. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, cool. Uh, many times. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, is that um, all your top gigs played then? Is, uh, I, think so. I mean, I mean, all the other ones are basically just repeating how awesome gigs we've had at the Brood and L, like supporting or Mavgate Bleach. Or Mavgate Bleach. Yeah, we supported um, Death Valley Girls, uh, oh, amazing. and the Cribs as well. Like all at the Brood, and they, like they were all awesome, really fun gigs. And then, yeah, we should give out a shout to. Mabgate Bleach really because they're they're really it's like a really DIY little venue like 80 people or something and they just put on like amazing shows and they always get through international acts so we played there with Stonefield from Australia Levitation Room from LA and just yeah and they just treat you really well I think they're like they've they've got pretty like decent taste but they manage to like catch bands before they get like super big or whatever it's like pre-Brood and L you know yeah, I mean? yeah. But really, but with a really psyche edge to it. Yeah, it's really good. Mm. Like some decent bands, but like kind of weird bands as well. Yeah. That like you haven't heard of or yeah, dead interesting. Yeah. Amazing. Oh, I'll make sure I check that venue out. Um, so moving on to the last part, the top three gigs you've been to as fans on the other side of the barrier. Oh God, I don't what know. Are I'm going to have to pick from a list. Well, <laughs> mine and Lynn's is kind of blend in together anyway, because we've been together for like 15 years or something. Yeah. We, we ended up like, <laughs> actually me and Lynn's ended up going to a few gigs before we were even together, before we even knew each other. Which yeah, is we weird. just randomly bump into each other, weren't we? At, like at Mars Volta in Birmingham, Lynn's met my family like my brother and my dad before we even really knew each other yeah at the, gig. <laughs> the first meeting of my boyfriend's family was at, <laughs> at, at a gig it was right. meant to be i mean if yeah. it, i mean if it, if you met if you met his family at a mars volta gig i mean that's that's <laughs> meant to be i'm sorry <laughs> i bet i bet tom was secretly looking across the room at you lovingly though yeah i'm sure waiting for it to turn around just like um. well, I, I, <laughs> to be fair because you were all in kind of a, a biggish group you were stood just on the edge you know having pints whatever and i was just like I'm in, I'm in the pit. And I went in the pit and then I was just like, oh, Tom. And I was just like really sweating. It's <laughs> like meeting his dad for the first time. Melting places. Melting places, indeed. Melting places, yeah. Um, well, we both said Death From Above, didn't we? So I think that's probably one. Yeah, we saw Death From Above Great on my choice. first tour in the UK in the smaller room in the cockpit, which, well, oh, amazing. not there anymore, but it was like... yeah. The cockpits like under um under the archways under the train train tracks. So it's like this tiny little oval. It's like um it's like a bunker, like an air raid shelter. <laughs> and it was so fucking loud. It was like so loud. it's that it doesn't it doesn't get old either, but seeing like two people just make the noise of like six juggernauts is like yeah, yeah, playing yeah. in it. Yeah. It was so good, wasn't it? That, I remember that being so good. And then we managed to see them again at, well, we've seen them a few times, but we saw them again at 
Primavera a couple of years ago. Yeah. And I think it had been like 10 years or something since we'd seen them and the, the newer album would come out and stuff. And we're just like back down in the pit and like reminiscing about the cockpit days and stuff. It's just, yeah. yeah. It's, and we've been to quite a few of those gigs where we've seen them like, you know, somewhere smaller, like 10, 15 years ago even. And then it's just like, oh shit, they're doing this now. And like, yeah. Yeah, I've been through yeah. quite bands that have done that sort of thing which is quite cool um yeah i've yeah i've seen them in like same thing i i saw death from above support my chemical romance at the mean fiddler and they were really? first on and it was before wow. they dropped it was before they dropped um well definitely before the first album came out and i remember standing there going what the f-? like that whole oh, thing okay. of like how can it i think that was probably the first time i ever saw a two-piece band actually yeah. and i was just like this is insane and like you say, like watching them over the years, like play at like Brixton Academy. But then when did they play? I think when, maybe when they released the last album, they weren't playing that big of venues. I saw them at like Concord 2 in Brighton. And I was like, it was just, again, it was amazing to see them in like a smaller room. Yeah, I went to see them on that tour as well at the uh, plug in Sheffield. Tom was on tour with horses at the time. So I just like soloed it and uh, went down Sheffield and yeah, just stood at the front getting my is <laughs> oh, actually we went to see him as well at um in Albert Hall in Manchester and Turbo Wolf was supporting him. Oh, amazing! Oh yeah, because yeah, I forgot they yeah I saw them on that tour as well because I think they did two tours in a couple of years and I I think I went down to Birmingham for that one actually weirdly I don't know why I went to Birmingham but yeah that was a wicked tour. <laughs> don't go to Birmingham, no, no, not really. <laughs> <laughs> not for me, so he can say it. <laughs> Different above eight. <laughs> yeah. Uh, cool. What's your What's your next one then, guys? I'm gonna say um, Ty Ty Siegel on the Muggers at the Brood now. Amazing. Just like we'd seen him before doing Manipulator, but then we ended up going to Primavera Porto and seeing him play with the Muggers over there, and it was fucking ace. And then we came back and we were on a bit of a like fest. Hi, hi. Yeah. <laughs> we're on like a festival come down. And then um, we saw that they were playing at the Brood now. And we're, we just went and we were like, fucking hell, let's just do it. Like, let's do it yeah. again. And I think we watched like 30 seconds from the back of the room because we got there late and then like just ran to the front yeah. like little kids. Yeah, cool. nice. I, got, I got kicked in the face. And was just <laughs> yeah. like, you know, a stage diver landed on my head. Oh, yeah. So I was like, I went right to the front and I was like, yeah, let's just like get involved. And then somebody like, like right in front of Ty and then somebody stage dived just onto my face. And I was like, that's the problem with being tall though, which maybe, I don't know if you've ever had this problem, you just get kicked in the head. I- <laughs> I get that. I get. I get that all the time. I've had Matt from the Bronx dive on my head a couple of times, oh, God, uh, which, well. yeah, he, yeah, he's a big guy, and I swear he cracked my skull at one point. But there you go. <laughs> um, I'm trying to think of another one. one of them. I'd I'd say one. What about monotonics? One for me personally um, was Rage Against the Machine at my first ever festival, which was Leeds Fest in two thousand. Nice. Um, I think they played in the afternoon as well. It weren't like that late. So I think they played about three or four, like yeah. on the main stage. And I just remember it fucking blowing my mind. Like I only went there for the day and I drove up with my dad. Uh, it was just me and him for like the day. And it was basically to see Rage. Like it was like a pilgrimage. Yeah. yeah. There was something about hearing like 
10,000 people at the same time go, oh, it's <laughs> just like, it was so good. It was like this like collective high. It was, it was yeah, it was amazing. Yeah. They're the best gigs though, aren't they? When it's like, it's like a proper cathartic release, like to just sing your heart out, jump around. Or even if you're like sort of at the back and you're singing your heart out, like whatever it is, yeah. just hearing other people singing and that just like, it's so fucking powerful in like in that amount of people but then you can have the same effect with like 50 people it's crazy yeah, yeah 100 really percent. i mean we miss gigs <laughs> yeah i totally miss gigs like 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 what you're saying like seeing idols do um play ali pali and it was like ten thousand people singing well done and you're oh, like when did wh- when did this happen when did, <laughs> it's like I know. Yeah, that's crazy. See, I've had that as well. I know this is totally nerdy, but at Pulled Apart by Horses shows, because obviously I've... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, obviously been around... My number one fan. Oh, <laughs> like, because I've obviously been around you, like, hearing the demos, the writing, then I, like, hear the album, it gets really exciting, and then, you know, playing shows and stuff, and... And like, there's been shows where, you know, where obviously I'm there and well, I- you've even played know, in the band. Oh yeah, I've played with <laughs> you guys as well. Well, with the Bronx, that was fucking amazing. Yeah. But yeah, just like, nice. there's just been a few, like when you've done your album launches or like some of the live at Leeds shows where you've played like, I don't know, Leeds Beckett or um, wherever else you've played for live at Leeds. And it's been like the same sort of thing, just that seeing that energy. And cause obviously I know the songs so well, I think that really, and obviously like watching you and being proud and stuff, just all of that combined, just like, it's re- it is really magical like to see that and have that, that energy. And obviously you're- really- You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> well, Linz, don't trust me. I've done the same at, I think every time I've seen horses, yeah. I think what, I think when you guys played hundred club, when, uh, what was that for again? It was like some sort of weird showcase. Convert. And I remember <laughs> I remember just getting top Converse. Huh? Yeah, that was it. Converse. Yeah. And I remember just getting I remember getting topless because I was so sweaty and drunk <laughs> and I was just like flinging my t shirt around. And I think James just saw me and he was just like, What the fuck are you doing? <laughs> you can't t-shirt help helicopter. Can't help yeah. I always try and be a little bit reserved because I'm just like, it's totally not cool to be like the girlfriend. Just like, <laughs> I'm like and, and then I, I see like, you after and you're covered in just wine. Covered and in sweat. wine and sweat. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> I don't think that, mate, I don't think there's any issue with that. I think it's, I think it's worse when you're tall like me and your mates are playing on stage and they just see my head bobbing about and they're just yeah. like, what the fuck is he doing? Like, J- James has got a mate who's, like, about... A big Chris. Six foot something, and he's, co- he's called Big Chris. He's it's, so big. He's just a massive man. And, like, and like sometimes he'd just, like, sneak into a gig because he lived in London and we played London a lot. So he'd just come and watch us every now and then, but sometimes we wouldn't know. And, uh, and then, not halfway through the set, James had, um, on the mic had just go, "Chris, you all right?" <laughs> but, but like, there's like a photo of him. Uh, I can't. I think it was when we played Electric Ballroom, and James is crowd surfing, but having a catch up because he's just crowd surfing big Chris, <laughs> and he's just like chatting to him whilst on people's heads. <laughs> oh, amazing! Um, cool. Have you got any more favourite gigs? Or Have you got one personal, like yeah. Go I've, on. Well, you, well no, you've got fucking I've six. I've got like a whole <laughs> fucking list here, but I'm going to pick 
uh, when I saw Jeff the Brotherhood. I don't know if you heard of Jeff the Brotherhood, another two-piece. Yeah. Uh, I can't remember actually where they're from, but they're American. And I they're saw them. I no. uh, Wisconsin, is that Texas? I don't know. <laughs> That's like asking you about Northerners. We don't know about <laughs> Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Um, yeah, I saw they saw them play in a in a as you do a little tiny bar in um, South by Southwest. I was out there playing with Grammatics, and um, and me and Owen, the singer in Grammatics, went just went and like wandered around. And obviously, there's just bands playing in every every even like a little cafe. There's just stuff happening everywhere. Went to see Jeff the Brotherhood, and they're just like yeah, just this proper like riffy two-piece that just it's kind of garage rock kind of a it, bit but... garage rocky but a bit nice. of like an old school influence and they've kind of changed direction now a little bit but when i saw them i remember just thinking i need to do this so that was one of the moments <laughs> where it was like i'm starting a band yeah. and that was i remember that was like coming back a long that. time ago that was about nine or ten years ago and it took me a few more years to <laughs> but you know i do I, oh yeah i was probably like buzzing from that show it's great yeah that was it yeah. But and, yeah. and keeping along the lines of two pieces, have you heard of mon- monotonics? Yeah, yeah I've heard monotonics. Three. three, but it's, it's like th- it's two instrumentalists and a singer, so I always think it's a two piece. But um, yeah, and is there an is Israeli band right from Tel Aviv? Yeah, from Tel Aviv, just absolutely fucking nuts. They like set their drum kit on fire when like just every gig, and they're one of the one of the best band live bands yeah. I've ever seen. Yeah, definitely. Nice. Like, Got to be in there. In our top five or six, I, I think we're on now. Our like guitar lead is about six miles long, because like, <laughs> th- like they ended up in the car park at the Broodnell once. Yeah. And he was crowd surfing, but the drum drummer was playing drums whilst crowd surfing as well. <laughs> like the whole crowd had the drum kit with yeah, him sat on it. What? And him in the air. It was fucking mad. How how does that even work? No idea. And then they set it on fire, and then they were in the car park, and it was just we uh, in horses. We played um offset festival in like two thousand and nine or ten, and we had to go on right after monotonics. Oh no! (laughs) Oh my god! I I get really nervous before we play, and I remember like just poking my head out to see what was going on and none of the band were on the stage. They were on the, this little stage that, where the sound desk was playing in this little mini tent there with oh like God. leads across the crowds and shit. And I was just like, oh God, you got to play a gig now. <laughs> like, yeah, just, yeah give, give us an hour for everyone to calm down yeah, and yeah. then we'll play. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Yeah, I mean, I don't uh, know what the favourite one of that was because we've, we've seen them about four or five times, but maybe like the first one we saw them at was uh, a festival that used to happen in Leeds called Nasty Fest, at a, a place called the Faversham. And it was, again, like one of these things where it's just totally unexpected, about three in the afternoon. And then there's, you know, not that many people there. And everyone's just stood there going, what the fuck is this? <laughs> it was just, it was amazing. He ended up like, the singer like ended up pouring a bin over the drummer's head and there was, while oh, yeah. he was playing. And there was oh, like God. shit going over him and like, and then it, I think they just had a mission to trash the drummer as much as possible, didn't they? Every, every gig. Just I, I, well, I, I, I hope I hope he gets the joke as well. I hope he's not like really pissed off and upset after every gig. Yeah, like, just hey guys, like, what are you doing? Totally bullied. 
Yeah. Why do you not like me? Yeah. Um, well, I think monotonics and those stories is a great place to finish. So just quickly before uh, we wrap up, um, when's the um, album dropping? Um, where can people pick it up from? It's coming out in two-ish weeks on uh, Friday the 23rd of October. Amazing. Rocktober, as me. <laughs> oh, God, weird. That's too many. There's too many good clips in this episode. I don't know what I'm going to use, whether it's Rocktober <laughs> or... Rocktober! You've got to say it with a soft oh. R as well. Rocktober. Rocktober. Yeah, it's you can, you can get uh in in like independent stores we've done like a psychedelic purple magenta splatter vinyl so that's just Love. exclusive to like indie independent shops and then on our own site we've got a magenta transparent vinyl but we're also giving like a hand printed back patch with it um and that's on music glue Bandcamp, um or stream it spotify but go on buy, it, iTunes, buy it from us. Buy it from us. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Buy it from us. Um, yeah. I, but it's it's just kind of anywhere really that you'll find it because that's all that's and all the admin boring crap of going like let's make sure it's everywhere. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I've picked up my copy from Bandcamp, so um, I'm looking forward to that. Uh, does that come with a back patch? Actually, I could do with another back patch. For you, yes. <laughs> yeah. Else? No. I'll even slip in a. I'll even slip in a tea bag for you. Oh, thanks. Yorkshire, Yorkshire gold. Yeah. Oh, don't worry. Don't worry. We only drink Yorkshire tea in this household. Oh, so uh, and and breakfast brew as well. Breakfast brews are a winner in this house. What's a breakfast brew? Just a tea. What was that? Laura's just shouted at me. What was that? Oh yeah, Laura was just like the reason why we drink root Yorkshire tea is because that's where she's from as well. So oh, that's the reason why. Uh, good lass. Yeah. <laughs> that's where I'm from. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I couldn't I couldn't hear her through the thick accent. Basically, people from Yorkshire are very proud of being from Yorkshire. I know I am. Yeah, yeah, I I, I, I get I get it in the neck for being a southerner all the time. So. <laughs> Well, I'm from Birmingham, so I'm neither north or south. I'm just a fucking no man's land. Yeah, you're 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 just the worst, mate. Um, no. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm the fence sitter that will say what each person says. Oh, you're from the south, yeah? Same here. <laughs> Um, but thank you so much for coming on guys um, yeah, that was a really good us, chat dude. and yeah I'll let you get on with your evening um, and yeah to everyone listening go and pick up Magic Mountain's album um, it's going to be amazing I'm sure of it and uh, I'll catch you next time yeah Thanks, hopefully a live rock concert <laughs> <laughs> rocktober yeah <laughs>